right now we're doing multiple seven figures. We've basically grown 50% or more every single year over the last four years. First three years were a struggle. I mean, the first three years online, I was like $6,000 and it was like (laughs) $25,000. But I was very stubborn back in the day. I thought I could figure things out on my own and it didn't work out too well. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today, I have a special guest and a friend. His name is Yuri Alkheim. Yuri is a nutrition, fitness, and fat loss expert and a New York Times bestselling author who makes fit and healthy simple again with clear science-backed advice. Yuri, how's it going? It's going well, Eric. How you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently working on? Yeah, so a really quick rendition of my story. I started off as a very active kid who wanted to be a professional soccer player. So I devoted all of my teenagers to playing and training as much as I possibly could. During that time, I had a lot of health issues that I wasn't really paying attention to. And when I was just about 17, that all blew up in my face when my body decided to attack all my hair. And I lost all of my hair within the space of six weeks. So that was a big wake-up call. And it really prompted me into what I'm doing now, which is really helping uh, you know, millions of people around the world improve their health. And so that was kind of the initial impetus for me pursuing education in kinesiology and health sciences, and then later going back to school for holistic nutrition. And over the past 11 years, we've built um, a pretty substantial presence online. I mean, we've helped half a million people. My YouTube videos have been seen you know, 22 and a half million times. I have three published books. One of them is a New York Times bestseller. And over the last two years, a lot of other people have been asking me, like, you know, how did you do this? Can you give me some advice and stuff? So I actually started a different, uh, another division to our business called Healthpreneur, which is really dedicated to health and fitness professionals and health crusaders, as I call them, who want to expand their online presence in a way that creates more impact, more income, and more freedom in their lives. And that's what I'm spending a lot of my time on right now because my health business is pretty much systemized and I don't really have to do much in that anymore. So it allows me to use that as our laboratory. And then I share a lot of our findings and um, experiments, what's working, what isn't. And then I can kind of take that and share that with others to help them avoid a lot of the pitfalls that we made online for the first couple of years. So that's what I'm spending a lot of my time on now. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Got it. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the, the health business first. I mean, you know, revenue-wise, well, where does that sit around? Because you, you got it to a point where it's, it's fairly optimized, right? Yeah, I mean, there's always, I mean, there's always things you can tweak until the end of time. Um, I mean, right now we're doing multiple seven figures. We've basically grown uh, 50% or more every single year over the last four years. Um, but the first three years were a struggle. I mean, the first three years online, I was like $6,000 and it was like $25,000. So, um, but I was very stubborn back in the day. I thought I could figure things out on my own and that it didn't work out too well. So yeah, things are a lot different now. And you know, we've got a great team of people. I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to, to basically employ uh, 12 people on our team who run the show. And I'm just kind of, you know, thinking, overseeing the strategy and stuff. Um, so that's kind of where things are at at that. 
Great. And what was the the foundation that propelled you to multiple seven figures? We talked a little bit before about the the content strategy. Is that it, or is it something else? Yeah, I think. I mean, we our monetization over the last couple of years has been mostly through uh, content for sure. Uh, joint venture partners in, in various launches that we have done as well as taken part in others. And obviously, uh, Facebook ads have been uh, have been pretty good for us as well. So those have been kind of the three biggest plays. But we've really decided to focus, like double down, triple down on content because the one thing I did right from the get-go was create a lot of content on YouTube. And that was with really out much direction. And so we developed this this whole process called Teach the Sell which is a proprietary method we have for taking ideas and turning them into content that not only wows people, but actually turns them into customers, which is something very rare when we're talking about content marketing because that's one of the biggest obstacles people have when they're producing content is how do you actually turn that content into a positive ROI. And so that's, that's really been uh, the big play for us in the past two years, and it's something we're going to continue doing into the future because as far as, I, as far as I know, people, I mean, people are searching on Google for answers. And if you can provide those answers for free, you're going to build no like and trust with them. And you're, it's really the only and the most effective way to establish authority in your niche. It's very tough to become a prominent authority figure just by running Facebook ads, unless you're driving those Facebook ads to content and providing massive goodwill to the marketplace. So I think content is a really, really important play for us as well as every other business. And that's why it's, it's kind of our, um, our golden egg. Cool. So what, what does that funnel look like? You know, you, you talk about content first. I'm assuming you're driving Facebook traffic to it, but how do, how do people eventually get to a sale? Like what's going on in there? Yeah, so I'll give you an example from one of our funnels. So we have um, a blog post on 10 ways to quit sugar. And that blog post is very strategic in the way that it leads into one of our programs. And what's interesting is that that Facebook ad has over 8,300 shares and only 4,900 likes. That has twice as many shares as it does likes, which is very unusual. And the reason for that is because the ad in and of itself is very valuable, but also it leads to a blog post which is native and very congruent with Facebook's platform. So people share it and they love it. So they land on this blog post, we talk to them about um, how to quit sugar, blah, blah, blah. Then we basically invite them to download our one-day um, craving cure. It's basically a sugar detox uh, one-day plan. And again, very congruent with the blog post which is all about cravings and sugar. So that's one of the big things I tell people. I'm like, listen, you have to match your message to the market. If you have a, if you have a blog post on sugar, don't put up join my newsletter type of lead magnets because no one cares about that stuff. So, that's, um, so basically we capture the person's email from there and we basically walk them through a, like a super high value three video content series, which again establishes know, like, and trust and reciprocity with an audience who may not have any idea who I am initially. And so we're using those three videos over the course of a week to establish that bond and provide massive goodwill, by which point we then invite them to a webinar. And on that webinar, we give them some more advanced training, and then we make them an offer for our cleanse, which is uh, about $150. So we were previously running ads directly to the webinar registration, and that did well. But I said, let's test something else out and see if we can get better conversions by actually spending a bit more time building a relationship with, uh, with the folks coming through. And so far, it's done really well. So that's, that's pretty much one of our, our main funnels right now. And it's, um, it's something we're kind of doubling down on because it's, uh, it's working well. Great. And 
you know, when it comes to making funnels, it, it sounds, you know, like something that's, that's really complex. So if somebody's starting out, somebody that's listening to this right now, they don't really have a great funnel set up and it sounds too scary to them. Where would you recommend or what would you say they should do to get started in terms of building a great funnel? Yeah, I think people misunderstand what a funnel is. Like a funnel is basically just a process, right? It's, you know, we, so I talk with, um, the way I teach marketing is, is basically it's, it's it's like building relationships, and there's a six step customer journey that everybody goes through, from not knowing you to eventually becoming uh, one of your best customers. And if you violate those steps, then you're going to have a tough time converting people. And it doesn't matter what kind of funnel you have set up. So, for instance, a lot of people get this, you know, marketing and sales gets a bad rap sometimes because people go from the ad or the awareness phase to hey, let's jump in bed together, and that's basically like going for the sale right off the bat. And that can work. I mean, you're going to get very low conversions, but it's it's like you know approaching somebody that you find attractive, and instead of just actually you know spending some time and, and, and getting to know who they are, you're actually trying to just get them in bed right away. So think about how you can spend time cultivating a relationship with people, and it doesn't have to take weeks. This could be in the space of a day, but you have to provide the necessary steps in order for that to happen. The other thing to to remember is that. A funnel is simply, again, just it's a bridge from point A to point B. And your goal as a marketer is to take people from where they are to where they want to be. So if you can articulate what the problem is, and again, you have to know your marketplace. So if you can articulate what the pain points are, what they're struggling with, make them an offer, at least initially for free, that is very compelling and something that's going to give them an, an immediate win, that is a good starting point. And then from there, you're simply asking, well, what's next? What's the next thing they're going to want solved? And if you can keep helping people along that journey, then the funnel is essentially just a series of pages, whether it's a a video or a blog post. Um, And then if you get into the sales funnel itself, you can look at simple things like when somebody buys something from you, a lot of people leave a lot of opportunity on the table, both for themselves as well as for their customers. So think about it this way. You go to a clothing store and you buy a pair of shoes. If you walked out of the store just with the shoes, the clerk or you know that, that store hasn't done a very good job because most likely you're going to want to find a good pair of, let's just call them dress shoes, you're going to want a nice pair of socks to go with those shoes, maybe a belt to match the color of the shoes, maybe a cool color of laces. And as a salesperson in that store, that's something you should naturally offer the person who's going to buy the shoes. So online, when you're when your, your customer is about to buy something or they've purchased something, you want to take them through a what I call a, a customer success path. So basically you're just offering them a number of different upgrades or upsells after they've ordered, which is going to support the initial order and help them get faster results or more done for you. Or again, it's going to help answer the question, the next problem going to be once we've solved the first one. So if somebody's lost 100 pounds, um, their next question might be, well, now how do I get six-pack abs? But trying to offer people six-pack abs solutions who are 400 pounds, it's so far out of their, their consciousness that they can't even think about that. But that might be the next desire they have after they've reached the initial goal of losing those first 100 pounds. So think about that as they're offering these different upsells or upgrades or whatever you want to call them after somebody buys because that is when you have a very hot customer and they're more likely to add these things to their order if they're going to help them get the results faster or more done for you. And that's why it goes back to knowing your marketplace. You have to know their challenges. You have to know their pain points. You have to know their struggles. So you're making offers that are congruent with what they actually care about. 
So congruency is important. I know, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people, you know, they'll make a, a quote unquote funnel and they'll try to push for the sale, like you mentioned. And it never, I mean, it might work out sometimes, but it uh, more often than not it doesn't work out. So I, I think that's an important point. Um, now, in terms of what you're measuring, you're, you know, you're driving all this Facebook traffic. I'm sure you're looking at a lot of different numbers. What are the KPIs uh, or numbers that you're looking at when you're trying to, you know, get this whole thing together? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, um, you, you have to know, so, for instance, with our cleanse funnel, our sugar funnel, uh, it's a little bit more complex because we're adding in this kind of almost like a product launch formula type of um, series in between the opt-in and the offer. So we're kind of, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in there. So for us, we're looking at, first and foremost, we're split testing a lot of things on the front end. How do we maximize opt-in conversion rates? Because we know that if we can get opt-ins in and around the dollar mark, we can do this to the end of time and we can spend more money to acquire customers even if we wanted to at that point. So our goal is can we take the opt-in page conversion rate from whatever it is to a couple percentage points higher because that all makes a big difference because if we can get more people into the funnel, we know that more people are going to see the offer and more people are going to take the eventual um, offer that we make. So that's the first thing. Second is obviously we're looking at cost per lead. So we're looking at things like, for instance, we have a video ad for the same funnel that our cost per lead is $0.67. Cents. And I'm like, well, that's good to know because we have another video ad that has a cost per lead that is almost double that. And so it's very simple to say, okay, well, this one is obviously, I mean, the people are resonating with this way more. Let's shut the other one off. So we're looking at cost per lead from the different ads themselves to look at which one's going to be the winner. And so we're looking at cost per lead, obviously, with front-end conversion rate. Then for the funnel, we're looking at what is the drop-off between video one, two, and three. So if a 1,000 people see video one, never in the history of marketing that I'm aware of will a 1,000 people see video two. So there's going to be a drop-off. So we're looking at what is the drop-off from one, two, and three, because that means that if a 1,000 people come in the funnel, not all 1,000 people are going to see the offer on the webinar. So we have to make sure that our numbers make sense. Now we know what our conversion rate is on the webinar because we know our average order value on the webinar. We know that. And as long as the numbers make sense in terms of conversion rate to to sales on the webinar, we can kind of work backwards and say, listen, this is how much we're willing to spend to acquire one customer. And we can work back from that and say, this is how much we're willing to spend to acquire a lead. So ideally, if we can keep the leads under a dollar, that's amazing. But we're willing to go even a little bit more because we know on the back end, it's making a lot more for us. So those are some of the, the funnel KPIs that we look at and we track everything in a spreadsheet and we just update that on a weekly basis. Super, super helpful. And just for those that don't know, uh, Jeff Walker's product launch formula is super popular. Um, you know, it's basically, usually it's like a three to four step uh, video sequence. You can look it up, uh, you know, we'll drop it in the show notes. And then Jeff Walker's YouTube channel actually has a lot of good stuff. I think he did like a 30 day vlogging challenge or something where he just gives a ton of knowledge. So check cool. that out. Um, so now let's say you're collecting an email just, just for people to, to understand, I mean, from email to an actual conversion, what kind of conversion rates are you seeing? Well, it really depends on what the offer is, right? So for what I would normally suggest is, uh, this is not a typical funnel that I would suggest everyone run because there's, there's a lot of moving parts to it, but at a very basic level, what you should do, I mean, the, what, you, what you should not do is when somebody opts in, the worst thing you can possibly have is thanks, go check your email. Like that is a massive opportunity that's just gone down the drain. So what I usually have on all of our pages is we'll have what I call an NBO, a no-brainer offer, which is congruent with what they've just opted in for or, again, what their, 
what this specific demographic is interested in. So if they're opting in for, um, so for instance, one of our funnels with Healthpreneur, we have a lead magnet generator, which is the, it's basically a one-page tool that helps you come up with really irresistible and compelling lead magnets that are helping, for instance, our blog get anywhere from up to 50% opt-in rates on some of our content, which is like unheard of in, in kind of the blogging world. So we have a very you know, specific and simple process for creating compelling lead magnets. So when they opt in for that, instead of saying, hey, check your email for the thing, we think about, okay, well, what is, people who are opting in for this, what is one of their biggest pain points, right? We're saying content is important. This is going to help you get more people opting in from your content. What's the next biggest thing? We know that traffic is going to be the biggest thing for most people. They want more traffic to their site, regardless of if it converts for whatever. So we have a simple offer, which is called the Traffic Swipes. It's a $5 offer. Basically, it's five outreach swipe files that we use in our business every single day to get more links and influencers to link back to our content. And we're basically saying, listen, if you want more traffic, here's the reality. Um, getting more people to share your stuff and link to your stuff is the number one way to get traffic outside of buying ads. So I'd like to give you these five swipe files that I use in my business every single day. And these are, again, valuable <laughs> and, you know, to, whatever, to whatever degree that you use them. But for us, they've been responsible for you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And you can grab them now for just five bucks. So you want to make them something, you want to offer them something that is, again, highly desired in such a way that they'd be crazy to say no to. And so that's what I would recommend as a first step is make it like even like a dollar like or a free plus shipping. Like keep it, it doesn't even matter what the amount is. You just want that lead to become a customer because even if it's a dollar, it, there's still a huge difference from, you know, physically taking out their credit card, having that trust in you to input their information versus just being a prospect. And so that's typically what we would put on, um, on that type of page. And I, I know um, I'm going to hop away from the subject of funnels in, in a second, but one more question around that. Uh, so, you know, you're talking about getting leads for 67 cents or, you know, a little over a dollar. And, you know, to, to a lot of people, you know, that's, that seems impossible. For example, in the marketing space, you know, obviously we're, we're paying a lot more for a lead. So yeah. how are you, uh, what do you think is the main thing that, that drives, you know, your, your CPL so low? I, uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't even spend much time in our Facebook group, uh, sorry, in our Facebook ads account because I can't. I mean, all of my ads accounts have been shut down. So we have our marketing guy who runs everything from his end. And then we have a ad agency who runs all of our stuff for the healthpreneur side. So I don't really see what's happening in the ads. I mean, I obviously get some intel, but from my understanding, um, it's a lot easier in the health space to get lower CPLs because there's just a lot more people. And like in the marketing space, our CPLs are like five or six bucks, right? But again, if we're selling something that's much more expensive on the back end, then it's all relative. So I don't know if there's a magic number. I mean, I mean, I know my ideal magic number if like our CPL on the on the business and marketing side is like two fifty, like two dollars and fifty cents. I'm like, that's that's like, you know, the, the pot of gold. So you know, we'll do whatever we can to get as close to that as possible knowing the specific outcomes at the back of the funnel. But again, if like for instance, if you're selling like a million dollar program, then your cost per lead could be, I don't know, 50 bucks, right? Because it's not about how little you're spending to acquire a lead, it's how much you're able to spend to acquire a lead. That's the big difference. A lot of people focus on let's get cheaper clicks, cheaper leads. The key is to focus on the funnel itself in the back end to raise the value of the transaction so that you can actually spend more money and outbid your competition on the front end and that's how you really do well with a lot of your ads, whether it's on Facebook or elsewhere. 
I love that. Okay. And for for in terms of tools, what are some critical tools that you're using to to grow the business right now or to run the business in general? Yeah, so Google Docs, I mean, everything is in there. We use Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides. Uh, we use, well, we were using Asana and then we kind of, you know, fell off. We were actually using Asana for a number of years and we just kind of stopped doing that. Um, we have a Google Wiki, which basically is kind of a document of all of our processes. So everything we do, web pages, email swipes, links, whatever it is, is all put together in like this wiki. Basically, it's like a website for our own business. And that's massively important and helpful because then you can like instantly find, okay, where's that landing page URL? What's the email that goes to that one? It's all there. We use Trello for some stuff with uh, some of our VAs. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, How about for the, the funnels? The funnels themselves, I mean, we basically use um, everything is kind of custom built in WordPress through our developers, or sometimes we'll use lead pages and sometimes we'll use click funnels. So that's basically the, the different softwares that we use. Uh, we'll use Google Analytics for setting up the split tests because I find analytics is actually you know, a lot better than it used to be for that stuff and very, very straightforward to set up. And it's a little bit more accurate than Visual Website Optimizer. So that's. Um, yeah, and then we're using lead pages for the lead boxes on our opt-in pages. Great. Tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing you know, your businesses. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle was just not knowing what to do initially and taking advice from everybody because you know, when you have no direction, you know, everybody's opinion is kind of like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'll do that. And so the first three years, as I mentioned, were, were a big struggle. And I remember we had one of our first fitness products online and a client suggested, hey, you should turn that into a physical product and do some trade shows. And I was like, okay, cool, good idea. So we invested $35,000 to have these you know, digital products turned into physical products. And then we went all around Canada doing these trade shows. And it was a waste of time. I mean, it was interesting because we had to obviously speak you know, toe-to-toe with a lot of our potential customers. Not that they were necessarily our ideal customers, but um, I would never do that again. So I think having that lack of direction from the get-go. And another big thing that I think is slightly overplayed in the entrepreneurial space is this whole notion of ready, fire, aim. And I've ready, fired aim for a long time. And it's good in some cases, but the problem is that when you really want something to work, you can't ready, fire, aim it. And I'm not saying that you should delay the release of something until it's perfect. But what I am saying is that you need to really sit down and think about what is going to make this unique and, 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 and see if it's worthwhile even doing. So I created something called the Idea Filter. It's a two-page tool that I filter all of my ideas through in terms of like new product or business idea or whatever to to a much greater degree of confidence, have an understanding to be like, yes, this is very different and unique and better than what's already out there. And, and we have a couple different parameters that you know we, we kind of judge an idea on. But if I had had that back in the day, I would, have, I would have stopped pretty much everything that I was doing other than maybe creating YouTube videos. And we were doing stupid things like blog wheel, like link wheels. And we had like seven different blogs set up and we were publishing like 300 word articles from people in India and, and just when Google updated their algorithms, all that went just, you know, down the drain. You know, so this was like you know, eight or nine years ago. But just a lot of misdirection that I was too stubborn to understand the value of getting proper coaching and actually going to live events. And when I decided at the end of 2009 to actually start doing that stuff, it was like within the next quarter, my business like tripled. And since then, I've invested probably more than three hundred and some odd thousand dollars on on training, education, coaching, masterminds, and every single time, it leads to 
amazing things. I mean, my book deal for my New York Times bestseller book was because of a relationship I made after attending a mastermind that I invested $25,000 in. And that yielded just from that one book a 3,900% ROI. You know, so I don't really quantitate or quantify everything, but I was kind of thinking back about that the other day and I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty significant. So that was, that was a really big realization uh, to overcome that struggle. Awesome. And what kind of masterminds do you recommend to, to people listening to this? So I've been part of uh, Joe Polish's 25K. I've been part of Strategic Coach. I've been part of uh, Bedros Koulian. That was uh, Bedros Koulian and Greg, Craig Ballantyner in the fitness space. They're my, my first kind of mentors. And it's tough. I mean, you have to find that they all have their benefits. And I think they all have um, some cons that, again, it really depends on where you're at. So for instance, if you want to be surrounded by great people and you want to just make some connections and, and build some business type relationships and friendships, then a lot of these masterminds are going to be super valuable with that. But if you need something that's going to be more uh, more strategic in the sense of like you're not just meeting for a couple days and then like, hey, we'll see you in five months, then you need to really kind of find something that's more suited to your thing. That's what I loved about Strategic Coach is that it was like a one-day meeting four times a year. They had coaching follow-ups if you needed to during that interim and it was all based around thinking tools that were specific to your business, right? So you're going in there for a day, you're working on the business, not in the business. It was structured instead of just guys and girls just rambling and talking about whatever. And so it's it's tough to know for sure until you're actually in something. And again, I'm not saying that, I'm what I am saying is that all of the masterminds I've been a part of have been extremely valuable. The reason I left them is because the value for me at least, decreased over time. And I realized that I needed something different or better. Um, and that's pretty much why I moved on to the next one at that point in time. So I, it's, I think you have to really find, I don't, I don't know if there's, I mean, you can find masterminds that are exclusive to your industry and you can kind of stay in your bubble or you can kind of branch out and meet and connect with other people in, in other spaces, which is very valuable because you're going to learn stuff from other industries that your industry isn't doing and you can bring that into the space and really you know, stand out. So there's a lot of different uh, factors involved, but I think you really have to do some some investigation, some research, and again, uh, at the worst, you know, worst case scenario is just invest in it, see how it goes. You'll get some value out of it, and and then just you know go from there. There you go, everybody. You got to invest in yourself. I think there's a good Jim Rohn quote around that. I can't paraphrase it right now, but um, yeah, I think that's great. So um, and also there's a lot of other you know entrepreneurial groups out there that people can join. You know, Young Entrepreneurs Council, uh, EO, YPO, things like that. Um, so what is taking a switch here? Uh, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Focus on one thing. Interesting. Can you elaborate? I think as an entrepreneur, our, our well, a lot of us are very idea. We're, we're pretty much idea-generating machines. So a lot of us are like, oh, I've got an amazing idea. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And initially when I started my business, that's pretty much how I built my health business. And so we had all these different products and all these different things. And that's great. But when you don't really fully see something through before jumping onto the next thing, it's not ready to really do its thing on its own. You know, it's like you know, raising a child until they're three years old and then sending them out into the world. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not going to end well. So what ends up happening from that is you end up having to go back and optimizing stuff and like correcting a bunch of errors you made back in the day. Whereas if you just said, listen, I'm going to focus on this one thing and I'm just going to master this. I'm going to make this into a, a freaking kick butt funnel all by itself and then it's going to you know, do its thing on autopilot. Then I can move on. Then that's fine. But also understand that like, not everyone has that type of personality. So 
I don't have that personality. So what I've done is I've surrounded myself with people who can run the process, who can optimize that, and that frees my time up and my thinking to do something else. And so I, either way, I mean, you don't have to do a thousand things. If it's like one or two things, it'll make a huge difference because it's like, you know, you know, focus is massive. I mean, if, uh, if you're online and you're bouncing from Gmail to Facebook and then your work, I mean, that's just an example of uh, task switching, which is not going to lead to anything of good value. Uh, so simple examples like that where you're just focusing on your task at hand, you know, switch off the Internet, turn off or like block all these sites, focus for an hour. And then, you know, you'll get so much more done. So I think that applies to everything else we do in business and in life. When you're with your kids, be with your kids. When you're working on a specific thing in your business, just work on that until it's like a, a you hit oil with that. And then it can do its thing on its own. I love that. So you're saying at this point, I mean, you, you know, um, you might have other stuff that's going on, but you at least have the team that can help you execute on the process so you can move on to other things. Is that, is that kind of what you're implying? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, as I mentioned, I, I would say I spend 10% of my time in my health business. And the, I mean, the only thing I really have to do in that and that I enjoy doing is video or, or photos, right? So for our blog, I'll take exercise pictures and stuff and I'll do videos. But that's, that's pretty much about it other than strategy. So we'll do, um, I'll have a quick meeting with our marketing team like once a week. Uh, just to talk about, you know, where things are number wise and we'll talk about strategy. And then I'm kind of like just focusing most of my time on healthpreneur, which is really you know, where I want to spend a lot of my time moving forward. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much how it's all set up. And our team basically runs everything for me, which is awesome. Great. What's one big change you made in the last year that's really impacted your business in a, in a big way? Um, the use of webinars has been huge. Um, so we've, we've been using webinars on and off for a couple of years, but we really kind of cracked the code for what's worked well for us. And so I like to call it the the webinar formula that revives dead products because we had two amazing products that were a little bit higher priced and they weren't selling at all. So I'm like, let's just take these down and sell them via webinar and see how it does. And now they're two of our best selling products and we were able to offer a lot of value in the sales process as opposed to sending people to a sales page. So webinars, I think everybody should be using webinars. And if you're not using webinars, you're leaving monster amounts of money on the table. Great. And when you're doing webinars, are you driving cold traffic directly to a webinar or are you trying to drive into your email list, warm them up, and then pitch the webinar? We've done both. So we did Facebook ads right to webinar registration with our cleanse product and it did well. We're um, ROI positive for, for quite a while. And then it started getting a little bit, little bit tight. So we're like, well, let's kind of change this up and see if we can try a new approach. And uh, But again, if you have people on your list, then they're going to get to know you like you and trust you. So if you do decide to send an email out even if it's an automated webinar, if you set it up properly, you know, if they've been on your list for a week, a couple months, a couple years, they're much more likely to convert from that webinar. So it's just it's a great tool to have in your toolkit. And it gives it's a different marketing asset. So instead of always sending people to the same page, right? Hey, buy this thing, buy this thing, here's the same page, same page. It gives you another approach. And so I think the more marketing assets you have around a product, the more the more interesting it can get because now you, you, can, you have different tentacles, if you will, for this one octopus, which is the, the, the product itself. And you give, you know, it, might, it might be a video sales letter, it might be a text uh, sales page, it might be a webinar, it might be a, a three-video content series. You know, there's so many different things you can do around one product. And I think uh, not a lot of people do that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I can hear, hear people in the audience saying, you know, well, I'm in software as a service, I'm in tech, you know, we can't do this stuff, it's too aggressive, whatever. But Here's the thing. I think you know you look. You can look at the stuff that Yuri does, and then make modifications to it. 
um, to to fit in with you know uh, who you're trying to talk to and what kind of product you're selling. I think there's something to learn from from each and every each and every industry, not just to dismiss things. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yuri, what's one must-read book you recommend to everyone? I really enjoyed Zero to One from Peter Thiel, which is, I guess, appropriate for your audience if they're into tech and all that good stuff, because he's one of the biggest investors in that space. It's a really good book. Right. Love that book. That, I think that was uh, that's probably the second or third most recommended book on, on this podcast. But Yuri, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, if they just type in Yuri Alkame, they'll find me. They'll find both my health website. They'll find me on Facebook. Um, if you're a health or fitness professional and you want to grow your online business, you can join our community at healthpreneurgroup.com. And those are the best spots. All right. If anything, everybody should opt in to at least see how Yuri does his funnel. But Yuri, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much. Absolutely, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.